Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. And so I'm very emotional. So when you ask me how I'm feeling right now, I am so happy. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Getty. Live from Studio C. It's a dimly lit room deep among the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today on a Tuesday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. No, no, taking, uh, taking nominations. I, you know, I'm, it's a I'm, cattle call. I'm liking the fact that there's no clear general manager. Okay. <laughs> I'm liking that. Yeah, I was going to go with that uh, Secretary of State of Georgia guy. He's, he's, uh, under, he's under the microscope. The controversy. Today's being angry at each other over stuff that'll be absolutely forgotten in 48 hours. Wow. Although, the runoff election is huge in, in January. Oh. I'll grant you that. Oh. That's going to be insane. Couldn't be hugerer. No, that's going to be insane. It could be as intense as the presidential election. Um, the power, uh, you know, at stake is is immense, and there's just two dudes and one state, so it's really easy to concentrate, you know, the money and the power and everything like that in just two, you know, one spot and two people. So curveball, Jack. One of the dudes has ovaries. Okay, two people. But, um, yeah, that's going to be something. I'd say, and it's, it's well, it's, it's gotten extra crazy, too, uh, for, for Trumpian reasons. But we'll talk more about that later. Um, what did I learn about the, the, so the stock market was pretty uh, amazing yesterday. The Dow flirted with 30,000 briefly, which is. Hey, uh, 30,000, you, uh, you got a boyfriend? <laughs> Hey, did you get your hair cut? looks great. <laughs> That's some good flirting. What are you, about 27? <laughs> All right, now you're rooting me out. <laughs> you're creeping me. <laughs> That's the stock market flirting with 30,000, you see. <laughs> I, I get it. Um, but it uh, didn't end up quite there. But, I mean, crazy because the whole COVID virus, you know, excitement, uh, vaccine excitement. Sure. But um, normal life stocks up. At home on the computer stocks, down, in short. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting, too, that for some businesses, it was bad news. Oh, it got murdered. Yeah. Like PS- Zoom got killed. PSP got obliterated yesterday. <laughs> that's oh, interesting. Oh, Sean portfolio. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're heavily invested wisely in all the stuff that people need for the... Yeah, for like those. my Zoom position is now just uh, up 410% as opposed to the, <laughs> the higher points. Why didn't I buy Zoom? I mean... That was, that's among the obvious. Of course, Joe was talking about buying cruise lines over the weekend, and Carnival went up like 400% yesterday. <laughs> well, it was it was a steep rise. I need to talk to the wife about freeing up a little of the egg money uh, for, for stock buying opportunities. Uh, you know, it's easy. I have an account at one of these places, but you have to like transfer money from a bank account to that, which... I think it involves a computer. That's about all I understand. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i good at the other part, but the, the, the mechanics, I need help. The knowing Zoom was going to be huge at the beginning of this is a, that's a pretty obvious one. Only an idiot like myself wouldn't have recognized it and acted upon it. But I wouldn't have guessed that cruises would have come back that easily. 
with the announcement of a, a vaccine that's going to get a come out? You well, know? I will tell you I'm this. I'm surprised. I thought maybe that industry was going to never be the same. And my hiney is still red from my self-spanking. I'm uh, not actually acting on this. The times I've had really big wins uh, in buying individual stocks, and mostly I don't. It's invested in you know index funds, the rest of it, the way everybody says you ought to do. But Boring. The, the, times, <laughs> the times I've done extremely well, it's in bottom feeding. I wait till an industry is just, you know, getting kicked. Like at, at one point, uh, oil exploration stocks were just in the toilet. I did a little reading about it. I thought oil's going to come back. I bought it, and sure enough, it was huge. Yeah, I had a friend who did that with Enron. You know, a company this giant is a success. It'll be back. You're right. Exactly. How's Enron doing these days? I haven't um, read. But uh, so the, the vaccine news is um, uh, later this month. Your first responders and, you know, high need people are going to start getting it. And then as early as April, the rest of us. That's the news yesterday. So that's a lot sooner than I was expecting. Also, some good therapeutics news about uh, treatments, uh, different silo. Sabs, than- foot rubs, etc. Oh, no, for specifically COVID. Oh. For uh, different silo than vaccine, but they both work together to kind of getting mm-hmm. us back to cruise stocks being a thing. Yeah, I wouldn't take a cruise with a gun to my head, so I'm probably the wrong person to try to anticipate who would take a cruise. Clearly. Yeah. The, the biggest single jump I saw from yesterday, I think, was AMC Theaters went up like 80%. <laughs> wow. Wow. Just uh, for clarification, uh, you're not anti-cruise because of the COVID. It's because of the humans. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, that sounds just like miserable to me. Right. Uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad to kick off the show. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi, this morning, Michael. Uh, pretty good. I know how you feel about cruises, Jack. I just, the idea that you have water surrounding you and you just, you can't get off if you want to. It just bothers me. Yeah. Um, you know, if you don't like what you're doing or, and you're stuck with these people, you're, right. you're Never, stuck when, out When there. everybody always talks about the things that they enjoyed about it, I think, when that, and that's fine for other people, but I just think, eh, I don't want to do any of those things. Plus, mm-hmm. I hear You get together with everybody at night and you eat and yeah. you sit at the captain's and you meet other people. That's not what I want to do on vacation. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Constant stress. <laughs> New people. That's not what I'm looking for. Uh, I got plenty of people. There is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. I am uh, always delighted at how much better various uh, meats that I prepare at home. I'm like, well, what? How am I? I I'm, am I just going to shovel this out of the, the 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 pan with a spoon? No, I know what I'll do. I shall wrap it in a tortilla, make it an adult's meal, and then uh, yeah, just all sorts of meats with the uh, various. Uh, I think yesterday I had was it like a Korean barbecued chicken thing that I that I made up. And yeah, just wrap it in a tortilla. The, the, the Koreans don't eat it that way. That doesn't mean I can't eat it that way. <laughs> right. Who are they to bully you? Yeah, you're not beholden to various countries' cultures. No, no. Oh, that'd be ridiculous. America's a melting pot. This is what we do here. Um, We had a cut of steak the other night. I don't know if the meat shortage is still a thing or, or what. <laughs> but man, oh man, oh man. I don't know if it even got out of the gate at the Belmont Steaks. <laughs> oh, boy. It was too sick. <laughs> Oh, geez. I mean, it was, uh, we were trying to make the kids, eat, you know, eat it. Come on, mom made a good dinner. It's steak. You like steak? And we're, I'm trying to chew it and think, I'm not sure I can get through this. <laughs> I, I, I didn't eat much of it myself. We mm-hmm. I think we had bowls of cereal. I don't think I've ever gotten a steak at the store where you had to eat a bowl of cereal instead. Wow, that's oh, rough. Oh, it was terrible. Oh, but, man. Were there pieces of hoof in it? There's a little huff. <laughs> Bowl of cereal for dinner. Don't you threaten me for with a good time. <laughs> ooh, ooh, welcome to Meat Talk. 
You remember, People want the beef. I, uh, a friend of mine is uh, connected to a restaurateur who had to shut down for quite some time. And so he took to wholesaling meat out the back door. Mm. Um, and this, of course, it's like all of our stories on the show is completely fictional. Um, so we've been working our way through these like super premium ribeyes. Exactly the opposite. Oh. Melt in your mouth like a Reese's peanut butter cup. Man, the cut, oh. the cut matters so much. Oh, a steak man. is not a steak. They shouldn't even call them the same thing. What I ate the other night and what you ate, where you get a good, a good restaurant, oh, yeah. they shouldn't have the same name. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you, if this cow that we were eating it or ran for the Senate in Georgia, it'd win. I mean, it was good. <laughs> really good. I'm Jack Armstrong. Hey, don't do it. He's Joe Getty on this Tuesday, November 10th, the year 2020, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's get started then. Officially, according to FCC rules and regulations, here we go at Mark. So keep watching Jeopardy 24 hours a day and call this number... Yeah, dumb son of a You don't watch it 24 hours a day. There's a daily cash prize of $1,000 and son of a bitch. Well, I'm not quite ready, so I'm going to do it now. Call now and play. Phone Jeopardy. You. All right, let's start cutting. Wow, it's the other side of Alex Trebek. The dark side. The dark side. A grittier Alex Trebek. Michael, have you actually saved... Uh, our outtakes of that sort of thing when we're uh, recording commercials and such. Yeah, I probably have unintentionally uh, because I save our production basically every day. So, yeah. yeah. Well. The outpouring of love for Alex Trebek is interesting. He was he's, he was a game show host. He was a part of our lives. Seemed like a nice guy, but uh, it's interesting. I wonder, wonder what about him. Uh, many game show hosts could pass and not get this kind of outpouring. Uh, he is very bright. Yeah. Handsome, needless to say. Had a delightfully dry sense of humor. Just a likable character. People liked him because he was likable. Chuck Woolery isn't getting this. Pat Sajak <laughs> drops dead today. Does anybody, uh, is there a long column in the Wall Street Journal like there is today? No. No, probably not. Yeah. Fine, fine man, by the way. I do not mean to dismiss him uh, personally or professionally. Pat Sajak? Pat Sajak. How about Chuck Woolery? No, no. Or Drew Carey? Chuck, Chuck is a dyed-in-the-Woolery conservative, by the way. Oh. Uh, He's active on the Twitter machine, or at least was. I don't Bob know if Barker. Bob Barker has been dead for quite some time, right? He got quite the outpouring. Yeah, he, he did. He did. He did. Good point. Uh, we like our game show hosts. That, no, I guess that's it. Then. <laughs> Truly. Uh, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's it's good. Actually, it's it's very good. Cool. Uh, there's a speaking of the Wall Street Journal. There's an interesting column today about the economic situation that Joe Biden is inheriting and all the uh, possible bumps in the road. It's pretty darned interesting. We'll take a look at that later. Um, he he is going to start with the uh, uh, the COVID at the worst it's ever been, and a really a strong possibility of a bad economic situation. Mm. So, and he's old enough. We probably shouldn't tell Grandpa. Just let him <laughs> don't relax. Tell him. <laughs> let him watch his stories. Let him watch the Jeopardy reruns. And put Kamala in charge. No, Boy. we got to tell oh. Grandpa. Uh, all that's on the way. Our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Breaking news. We have breaking news, Michael. Breaking news. Great Scott. Bob Barker is still alive. What? <laughs> that is no, he's not. an inappropriate use of the breaking news donkey. <laughs> we got quite a few texts. 
So what's funny is, not only did I say, Bob Barker's dead, isn't he? And Sean said, yeah, he got a great outpouring when he died. And I said, oh, that's right, he did. None of that ever happened. (laughs) That must have been when he retired, because I remember an outpouring, a complete work of fiction. I might have to take care of that this afternoon. Make a liar out of me. (laughs) Did you just threaten the great animal activist. What, what I find didn't work it, out well when Adam Sandler tried it in that movie. Now, geez, he was old. He was old when Happy Gilmore came out. Uh, that was twenty years ago. Well, he's ninety six. I, I, I don't know if adolescent me ever laughed harder at the Bob Barker fight scene. That was great. <laughs> um, oh, and man. and kudos to you. You're like my brother. My brother's this way. He's always completely up to date on what celebrities are alive or dead and the moment they die they're yeah. aware of it and yeah. a whole bunch of our listeners were absolutely right ready to go with bob barker is still alive thank you very much <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> anyway there you go yeah thank you uh, everybody for uh, putting us back on the straight and narrow course <laughs> of truthfulness <laughs> mailbag nah. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from Aldous Huxley, continuing on our series with that great author of Brave New World, among other things. And I should probably point out before I read this to you, I am not, and Jack is not, anti-learning, or anti-intelligence, or anti-even intellectual, per se. I just think the intellectuals of the world are of limited usefulness. They get a say, but uh, the good, hard-working, common people do, too. Anyway, having said that, Huxley said, The course of every intellectual, if he pursues his journey long and unflinchingly enough, ends in the obvious, from which the non-intellectuals have never stirred. Mm. I've heard a couple of uh, intellectuals spouting the critical race theory nonsense today. That's It's spreading wide. Well, I'm more afraid of that than the coronavirus times five. Oh, no doubt. In terms of long-term damage to my beloved country. No doubt. Or for my children. I'm more oh, worried yeah. about it for my for my kids. The, uh, the new racism. CRT than I am COVID. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and it's interesting to see it play out because all of the rest of us, and I'm looking at y'all and I'm fairly confident you would agree, are thinking, no, you can't end racism with more racism. You can't end racism with assigning everyone good guy or bad guy status based on the color of the skin they were born with. That's stupid. And the intellectuals will get back there eventually, like Huxley is suggesting here. Uh, But they'll do a hell of a lot of damage in between. Moving along. Yesterday we were discussing uh, various insults for people, uh, many of which have a... Uh, a sex connotation, not sexual, but male or female, uh, a, a DH. You're not going to call a woman that unless you're trying to be, you know, ironic or clever. Uh, uh, a biatch, generally, generally at a woman, but can be both. Uh, got this uh, helpful contribution from Marina. Guys, I like the words dumbass. It is not as it is not gender specific. It can be applied to the over 70 million Americans who voted for the Biden-Harris ticket. Oh, now see, that's, mm. that's you're, you're a divider, not a uniter. I'd Marina. say. Yeah. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Like okay. they didn't even listen to Biden's speech the other day. <laughs> uh, you're right, though. Dumbass is a fine term. I like dunce. I've been using dunce a lot more. Uh. Dunce is good. Yeah. yeah, I like it's got kind of a old school feel. It's like, you know, a piece of furniture crafted from oak. 
stand the test of time. On the subject of the de- decriminalization of hard drugs in, in Oregon, uh, for instance, we got a couple of contributions. This one from Janine. The lady's really weighing in today. I'm glad to see that. My daughter and I were talking about the decriminalization of hard drugs in Oregon. I think it's time to ba- bring back the old idea of red light districts. Vices like hard drugs practiced only inside, no kids allowed. Hmm. Didn't Toronto do something like that? I don't know. I've heard it, it worked okay, although there's you know plenty of misery in that that zone. Um, a new poll out: seventy percent of Americans are okay with decriminalizing marijuana. Seventy percent of Americans. Oh, the marijuana, yeah, yeah. but coke and uh, but I, I heroin and stuff. You Ooh. know, I gotta say that the very thing that the people that fought the hardest against medicinal marijuana, the very things they said would happen, have happened. Oh, 100%. They said, it's just a gateway to legalize marijuana for everybody and then legalize other drugs. Correct. Well, that's exactly what's happened in Oregon. One more note. And people say, no, it's not. It's just about getting marijuana for my aunt who has a sore elbow. Right. Well, it's, you know. Brett from San Diego. Guys, Oregon's bold experiments uh, legalizing street drugs, uh, blah, 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 uh, presents an obvious solution to the explosion of junkies in Cal Unicornia. Local officials here can give junkies a choice between arrest and treatment or a one-way bus ticket to Portland. I'm guessing most of them will take the bus. All aboard the Bum Junkie and Ne'er-Do-Well Express. That's a long name. Let's call it the BJNN. The BJNN Railroad. Taxers buy a tra- taxpayers buy a trailblazer's hat, put you on the bus, off you go. <laughs> exactly. Go get high. Enjoy. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 130,000 new corona cases yesterday. Another record. Deaths, the rolling 14-day average of deaths is up 18%. So that continues to climb in hospitalizations uh, skyrocketing across the country, too. What are you going to do? Coronavirus! Moving up. Yeah, a little bonus mailbag coming up, uh, including some coronavirus-related uh, stuff. Also, I have in front of me, I'm going to give this very little time, I promise, uh, one of, of several long lecturing as if your eight-year-old got caught stealing from grandma's purse emails based on the opposite of what we said hmm. or just completely missing the point. Don't bother. With your long lecturing emails. <laughs> I like them. <laughs> Keep them coming, says the guy who doesn't go through them. That's exactly right. <laughs> Cable newscasters are breaking new ground and being just obnoxious. It's just amazing these days. Uh, Don Lemon, perhaps the worst of the worst. Uh, with a clip from the other night, followed up by uh, Tucker Carlson's response, which I found quite humorous. So delicious with an iced tea, so annoying when he's talking politics. I was so overwhelmed to hear that. I don't care what people think. If they think I'm biased or not, I don't care. And so I'm very emotional. So when you ask me how I'm feeling right now, I'm sorry. That's all I can tell you. This is how I feel right now. I am so happy to have this platform to be able to do this. I may not have it after this, but I really... Don't care. I am so happy. I don't care. Take it from someone who does this gig for a living. If you can't keep your emotions in check to think clearly, you are a child. 
go do something else. <laughs> well, I said yesterday, if I ever cry because someone met won or lost, please put me in a home. Yeah, no kidding. Well, but I think I, I do think there's a difference. I was talking about this with somebody yesterday. I I think by definition, people of the left feel like government is supposed to play a bigger role in their lives than people on the right do. That's kind of whole the whole left-right thing. It's a lot of it. You you think government is, uh, you know, it takes care of you and helps you through hard times and understands your problems and comforts you when something bad happens. I don't want any of those things out of no, the government. No, please. Zero. Uh, the idea of if there's a tragedy, the, the president's job is to comfort me or make me feel good. Screw that. That's the last thing I want out of a government bureaucrat. Well, the, the, the idea that the federal government should be in charge of making my neighborhood nice is so, insane So that's to me. part of it. If I don't right. put that on the person, then I'm going to be less emotional about it. Right. Well, and, and people of the left tend to be much more emotional, emotionalistic in their desires for policy. I mean, if, if a policy, if advocating a policy makes them feel good, that's a good policy. Tim whether it works or not, whether it's successful, whether it's efficient economically, you know, in terms of the cost, that never those questions don't even get asked. Tim Sanford's big on tweeting responses like that whenever some politician is talking about or somebody's referring to a politician, you know, loving them or comforting them. Yeah, I'm not looking for someone to love or comfort me. Just, uh, you know, you're you're an executive. So make sure the laws are followed, etc. Right. Yeah, that's not your job. Oi. You are a child. I like that. That's good. That's uh, really a nice uh, bookend to you, child. <laughs> That's which funny. we've been using for, for months or years. Go do something else. Yes. <laughs> you know what? Trust me, Tucker. There are days I'd love to. Jake Tapper, also on the loose, tweeted the other day. Did you see this? Did you hear about this? I just saw it this morning, and it was astounding, because I generally like Jake Tapper, but it's a hell of a thing to say. Yeah, I was surprised myself. He tweeted, I truly sympathize with those dealing with losing. It's not easy. But at a certain point, he's talking about the election, obviously, not the Jets' idiotic collapse against the Patriots last night, for instance. But anyway, I truly sympathize with those dealing with losing. It's not easy. But at a certain point, one has to think not only about what's best for the nation, peaceful transfer of power, but how any future employers might see your character defined during adversity. My problem with this... Got it. So there's multi-levels of why there's a problem with that. Is at least twofold. (laughs) Yeah. First of all, I don't know why you're saying that, Jake. Maybe somebody had been tweeting really vile stuff at him. And it's not terrible advice, really. But as a lefty journalist, the left has been tweeting and saying horrific things, obnoxious things for years now. And you don't hear conservatives saying, hey, uh, we're going to keep an eye on that and make sure you can't work. We're going we're gonna to report you to the authorities and make sure you don't work. You can't get a job. You can't get into a college. That's just so loathsome. It's terrible. I think Neil Cavuto was way out of line the other mm-hmm. day, cutting off Kaylee McEnany. We'll have to play that later. We will play yeah. that, by golly. And there, the there, are, there, are, mm-hmm. uh, there are comments to be made. So Attorney General Barr said yesterday that prosecutors could investigate allegations of voter fraud, which caused caused Twitter to go crazy, but he warned against far-fetched claims, which was often left out of the discussion. Um, to paraphrase myself, Twitter woke up crazy. 
<laughs> you know, Twitter goes crazy over. No, no. Twitter was crazy. And that happened. And uh, maybe I'll just read this uh, since we're on this topic. Um, opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal. Good riddance to the resistance. Jubilant crowds danced for joy in front of the stores that were boarded up in case their side lost. I thought that was a good sentence. That's a great sentence. Speaking yeah. of emotions around who's president, dancing for joy in the streets, but if it had gone the other direction, that's why they had to board up the windows and have the National Guard out. We were either going to burn or dance. We're going to dance. I was going to go to bed either way. Um. Anyway, so uh, Obamacare is being looked at by the Supreme Court starting today. I'm hearing all kinds of uh, really ridiculous uh, comments about how it's going to go away and your pre-existing condition will now uh, keep you from getting insurance. Heard that on NPR this morning. They stated as fact that if the court rules against this narrow technical question about the uh, Obamacare, that the majority of Americans would lose their health care. That of, was the line. None of the analysts on the right are saying that. And none of the politicians are calling for it. Oh, no. It would never happen. And Nakedly Progressive Radio stated absolutely a flaming dangerous falsehood as if it were fact. And all the news uh, anchors said, yes, that's true. Yes, yes, yes. It's amazing the amount of dishonesty these days. You'll lose Shock. your protection from pre-existing conditions. No, you're not. That's not on the table. If the judges, and they won't, by the way, if they issued the most devastating possible ruling against the ACA, they would also issue a temporary injunction saying, but don't do anything about this because we can't have tens of millions of people's health insurance get screwed up. What you are being told is completely dishonest. There's a shock. I know everybody's reeling. Oh, Joe, how will we recover? Yeah, I know you know, but... It's amazing the extent to which they're liars. So the stock market went up crazy yesterday, like we said, because so, of uh, that whole uh, COVID vaccine news and them and them stating that it's 90% effective. I didn't realize this. The Food and Drug Administration has set 50% effectiveness for considering expedited approval. So even if it was a 50-50, mm-hmm. they would have said, absolutely, we're in. Get them to everyone. And it came in at 90. So that's uh, that's that's pretty extraordinary. I probably would have still gotten it because what's the downside? But 50-50 effectiveness is is amazing. The flu shot I heard one person say is typically in the 60% effectiveness range. 30 to 60, depending on the year. The annual flu vaccines are 30 to 60% effective. Uh, The 60 in a good year, but sometimes it's 30%. So it's not a preventative. It's a bet hedger, which is fine. We have uh, a source deep inside one of the trials, by the Ooh, way. How Ooh. exciting. I'm going to refer to him as Deep Needle, in case, unless that makes you want to pass out that code name. Uh, the, uh, the side That's effects. That's the worst code name I've ever heard. <laughs> you. What do you suggest? I'm getting lightheaded. Ah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Sorry. Well, we'll come up with a better name for him. It's like when I was a kid in the playground and everybody would always talk about how big the needle was when they got a shot. It was like this long. I don't care how long it is. How far are they going to shove it in and how big around is it? That's what I'm interested in. Right. It's all about the girth. <laughs> so anyway, uh, a, a Deep Virus says, um, and this will vary from individual to individual, but uh, shot number one, uh, sore arm. No problem. Took a little uh, ibuprofen. Shot number two. You're going to be screaming for your mama. 
That's what I always tell my kids when we're wrestling. I'm going to have you calling for your mama. Spontaneous and uncontrollable <laughs> bowel movements. No, no, he uh, he felt pretty crappy for an entire weekend, though. Pretty really? sore arm and felt sick. Well, there's something to look forward to. For a weekend. Oof. Although your, your results may vary, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it might be worse than that. I have never had any sort of uh, significant reaction to anything like that. Um, so I, I haven't either. I don't tend to worry about it much. I think I've only gotten one flu shot in my life, though. Yeah. The one that somebody came in here and gave me one. That's on right. Stranger uh, off the street. A listener yeah, said, yeah, I, I got a needle. A listener <laughs> said, I can give you a flu shot. We said, come on by. And she gave me a shot. It's the only flu shot I've ever had, I think. Um, by the way, the 90% effectiveness of the one announced yesterday from Pfizer would put it nearly on par with the measles vaccine. Hmm. And so, it might, and it'll probably work on older people, which is really not always the case with vaccines. I didn't know that. I'm glad I didn't know that. I'm glad old people didn't know that. Vaccines often don't work with old people, but they think this one will. What the what? Yeah, that's that's the main crowd we're trying to get. Did not know that. Oh, hey, speaking of both the vaccine and dishonest blowhards, uh, we got to play the uh, the yeah, Andrew Cuomo stuff. He God, is he terrible? How did you elect that guy, New York? So uh, I mean, who who was he running against? Some sort of like scabby, toothless tweaker or something? John Wayne Gacy. Oh, I um, now I get it. Uh, we can do that, I suppose. When we come back, we ought to take a break. I just wanted to mention that Arby's has just dropped a new deep fried turkey pillow. You can get what? Uh, deep fried turkey sandwiches with the debut of a new limited edition deep fried turkey pillow. Now, the idea of a turkey sandwich from Arby's, I would eat ten of those right now. I'll bet it's delicious. But I really want one of these pillows. Look at that. That's a great-looking pillow. My kids would love that. Oh, it looks That's like a cooked turkey. A preemptive apologies to everyone on my Christmas list year. You're getting that. <laughs> that isn't. Oh, my kids would love that. You put your head in the turkey, like where you put the stuffing and where you pull out the innards. Your head goes in there, and then you just lay down and relax. You know, I remain in favor of making companies pay for commercials on this show. That's but hilarious. That's good. Also, uh, Miss, USA tw- Miss USA 2020 has been crowned, so stay tuned for that oh, exciting yeah. news. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm on a flight and I get out my Arby's turkey pillow and lean up against the <laughs> bulkhead next to me. <laughs> Definitely worth it. <laughs> There's still a Miss USA. What would you say? Miss USA 2020 has been crowned. Okay. Did she bring pride and a little sluttiness to your state? (laughs) Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. play that since you mentioned it i haven't heard it i've only read it that is one of the reasons i want to play it okay so uh kaylee mcenany is there uh she's there at the uh the white house briefing room talking about uh, that the, there was a vote fraud and the rest of it and i heard it characterized as you know she was making accusations without evidence etc cetera, etc cetera. neil cavuto of fox news and fox business news uh, during his show on Fox News, he jumped in and, and cut it off. And I had assumed that that what uh, what she said was just completely outrageous and unsupportable. 
I was somewhat surprised when I heard the actual thing, and we're going to play more than usual just because I think it's important to the context. Uh, what's been going on in some states, notably Pennsylvania, with the vote count. Let's listen in. One party in America that opposes verifying signatures, citizenship, residency, eligibility. There is only one party in America trying to keep observers out of the count room. And that party, my friends, is the Democrat Party. You don't take these positions because you want an honest election. You don't oppose an audit of the vote because you want an accurate count. You don't oppose our efforts at sunlight and transparency because you have nothing to hide. You take these positions because you are welcoming fraud and you are welcoming illegal voting. Our position is clear. We want to protect the franchise of the American people. We want an honest, accurate, lawful count. We want maximum sunlight. We want maximum transparency. We want every legal vote to be counted, and we want every illegal vote to well, be counted. Well, well, I just think we have to be very clear. She's charging, uh, the other side is welcoming fraud and welcoming illegal voting. Unless she has more details to back that up, I can't in good countenance continue showing you this. I want to make sure that maybe they do have something to back that up. But that's an explosive charge to make. The other side is effectively rigging and cheating. Uh, if she does bring proof of that, of course, we'll take you back. So far, she has started saying right at the outset, okay. welcoming fraud, welcoming so legal voting. That's, 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 that's enough of that. So uh, the, the first part was unquestionably harshly accusatory and very political. No doubt. But at the point he cut her off, she'd gone on, on quite a, uh, a long rant about transparency and sunlight. And who could possibly be opposed to that? I don't think saying uh, you're welcoming fraud if you don't uh, try to count everything is the same as accusing someone of rigging the election. Right. And the other thing that bothers me is, and and Neil Cavuto on Fox News, no, no, you shouldn't hear this. You should not. We should not air this. It's being said from the White House. Yeah, I was going to say, even if she did say, even if she said, I believe the election result is completely wrong and they rigged the, rigged the election, I think you should air that. Right. I mean, show of hands, who, having heard that, crapped themselves and then murdered their neighbor? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. You heard it, you thought, wow, that's interesting. I suppose we'll have to watch this play out. Especially in this age of hyperbole. Right. It's not like, oh, my ears, oh, <laughs> My virgin ears. I haven't heard claims like this since like a month ago for three years about Russia. Right. Yeah, the president's a, a stooge of Putin. Remember that? I just... W- <laughs> and who cut away from Adam Schiff when he was claiming we have documentable evidence that the president is blah, blah, blah? Adam Schiff, who claimed without proof that the president was indeed communicating with Putin. No, you never hear that phrase without evidence applied to anybody on the left, ever. For years, we had to put up with that garbage, and it was garbage. Oh, and the other, speaking of which, I got all sorts of tangents running through my head. Ben Rhodes, the other day, he's on the cable news shows, the big shows, uh, talking about how, yeah, uh, Biden and his advisors are talking to foreign dignitaries, uh, plotting the foreign policy courts, just like Michael Flynn did. And the left pretended that was a horror, that he talked to Fat Sisliak, the Russian ambassador, and the rest of it. And, and as we said at the time and subsequently, that's what transition teams do. 
they reach out and make contacts. So Fox's oh, phoniness. Fox's lead guy, Brett Bear, lead guy in terms of uh, I don't know gravitas, seriousness. Um, uh, who who works for the network's news division has been saying on air since last week that claims about widespread voter fraud lack evidence. We want to look into everything as well, but we just haven't seen it. You know, it hasn't been presented. There are all kinds of stuff flying around in the Internet, but when we look into it, it doesn't pan out. But that's widespread voter fraud. Um, okay, fine. I'm fine with saying that. I, yeah, I think that was way out of line for Neil Cavuto to cut that off. But yeah, I don't oh. think that does anybody good. I, I, I wouldn't want... I wouldn't want uh, Fox to to shut off, uh, you know, Joe Biden's spokesman if 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 they were saying something that wasn't true. I want to hear no. what they're saying. Yeah, and give him enough rope to hang himself. If he's spouting nonsense, that is a self-correcting problem. I love this. It was sent along by uh, Mike USA Today headline. Uh, if you're not familiar with this, the Attorney General has said, "Yeah, go ahead and look into voter fraud." The DOJ ought to, and they ought to. Headline is, Bar OK's investigation of voting irregularities despite lack of evidence of massive fraud. And as Mike writes, Mike in Raleigh, isn't looking to see if there's evidence what an investigation is for? If, if all the evidence were already known, wouldn't it be straight to an indictment? Or do they mean if there is fraud but not massive, well then why bother? What does this headline mean? Yeah, yeah. Excellent point, Mike. Well done. Yeah, the whole why bother if it's not widespread or wouldn't overturn the election. I don't quite get that. Ugh. We want a system where it's hard to cheat. Um, we the, asked, inf- the infection hasn't made you totally septic yet. I say we don't treat it. How are they going to force you to take these shots to get vaccinated? Well, I think we now know. Armstrong and Getty.